0: Hello and welcome back to the Masonic Roundtable, a weekly program where Masons from around the world get together to talk about Masonic news and opinions in a friendly and social manner. As a reminder, the thoughts and opinions are the opinions of the participants and do not represent any Grand Lodge statements or decisions. Make sure you keep your our conversations open for the public and on the level. To interact with us, you can always chat with us live on Thursday nights. So hello and good evening to all of you watching on Facebook or on the YouTube. So you know me my name is what am i oh i'm Harry right here i'm john ruark i'm a past master of the patriot lodge number 1957 in fairfax virginia next up tonight for introductions we have the one the only robert johnson hello and good evening
1: hello and good evening to you on my choppy awesome webcam yeah, what's so up uh I have no idea. But anyway, Robert Johnson, Space Novum Lodge, sitting secretary there, uh, number 1183 in Illinois, and a past master at Waukegan Lodge, 78 in Waukegan, Illinois. Good to be with you guys.
0: Great to be with you. And last but not least so far, maybe more, maybe less, we have the one, the only, Skippy the Christmas Tree.
2: (laughs) Hello there. Hello, Skippy. Hello. My my real name is uh, Joe Martinez. Uh, Let's see. This week I am still the master of Manassas Lodge number one eighty two in Manassas, Virginia. Remember a whole bunch of other stuff. And um, in my own defense, uh, the hosts of the Masonic Roundtable got a message saying to dress festive tonight, and I'm guessing I'm the only one who read it. Jason, so happy holidays to all of you.
0: Jason, come on. Well. You know, you come to the party, and here you are. You're stuck with it. It's a party. It's a party.
2: And only Joe's invited. Woo! Oh, Robert switched to his OnlyFans <laughs> camera, so it's much better quality. <laughs> it's in HD. Yeah. Well, he, he accepts
0: Dogecoin. So, uh, yeah, before we get into tonight's topic, let's also give a shout-out to the patrons who've been su- awesome in supporting us over the whole year. Uh, you guys are super cool. And uh, we thank you for that So if you want to be part of the exclusive Insider Club Where you can chat with us And do all sorts of fun stuff behind Our private Facebook group Head on over to patreon.com slash The Masonic Roundtable And we'd love to see you over there We've had a a lot of good uh, conversation this week About brothers getting installed Most of them as Worshipful Master this year So congrats to all
2: Class of 2022 Yes because (laughs) 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 I don't know that i thought about it that
1: way joe but yeah congrats to yeah. 2022 class of past masters well if you're well,
0: well, not masters yeah not in virginia
1: yeah, yeah. oh wait you yeah. guys do the whole like you're not a past master till it's over until your you successor the
2: whole term until your successor is installed then I, then i'm a past master
1: dang that's crazy uh-huh. you're in illinois like I could be installed today and then like Ah. quit tomorrow and I'm done.
0: And you get that title forever. Nice. That's right. And also I see that uh, Joe has decided to, you know, it's his prerogative to remain covered. So he kept, he kept that very literal with the, uh, the tree hat this year. So,
2: well, yeah, I mean, I do have a normal festive thing, but you guys said dress festive. So I was, I was coming for the occasion and we're going to be talking about, trees you guys trees right. so evergreens evergreens <clears throat> acacia
0: mm. that's true uh, so uh for our last tmr uh, of 2021 we wanted to do a special holiday themed one in fact something that i've always wanted to learn more about and that's some of the other lesser known winter festivals that occur around <clears throat> this time of year around around december around the, the winter solstice <clears throat> and so tonight we'll pick and choose some of our favorites some ones we've done some research on uh, by all means this is not an exhaustive list however you know it is p- pretty cool uh, some of the, the research we found and about we'll, we'll vamp a little bit and talk about you know some of the similarities some of the differences and just what makes them purely special so uh, just as an introduction <clears throat> I know that I wanted to kind of set things off because um, I for whatever reason I like to get more introspective, this time of year um maybe that's that's why i love you know just getting ready for christmas uh, my wife just hates it you know like november 1st after halloween's put away like i'm all i'm all ready <laughs> and i know rj's wife can relate but but if you ask me why a couple years ago i really couldn't tell you right um the, you know there's the whole magic of christmas but um it's also uh, has become in more recent years a time of contemplation a time of you know um retrospectiveness that kind of thing and so uh i really haven't been able to put words to it but um doing more research into uh the similarities of a lot of these winter festivals that it's uh become uh, a lot more obvious that i'm not alone that there is something to the the rotation of the earth on its axis and across the uh, uh the orbit of the sun that really gives us pause at least here in the northern hemisphere So um, I just wanted to kind of set the stage for that because um, it it really seems to be a common theme, which is, again, one of the beautiful pieces I love about um, the symbolism of Freemasonry and the systems that influenced it, where there's so many patterns common among uh, all tribes across all time frames that there really is something magical about this uh, human experience. Agree or disagree?
1: Much agree. Totally agree. Yeah, I think uh, just the general nature of um, our tri- our annual solar trip, right? It's not just your birthday that people go, oh, congrats on your solar trip, right? It's something more. It's humanity's solar trip. And I think we, uh, we, th- we just tend to get a little bit of, con- of contemplative about this time of year for good or for bad, right? I mean, uh, a lot of us um, really focus on the good things, which I hope that we're all doing. But it's also a rough time for a lot of folks, too. Uh, so if you're one of those folks, hang on. It's the days are going to get longer soon. Yes, that is vitamin true.
2: D3. Yeah. And I mean, that that is literally the big thing we're going to talk about as we talk about some of these celebrations, right? Because these celebrations go back thousands and thousands of years, right? Before Christmas, before um the time of uh, Passover and I'm sorry, not Passover Hanukkah and things like that, where, where, you know, they all get lumped together when you say happy holidays and things like that. But you, you got stuff that goes back thousands of years to when we were an agrarian culture, right. And the times where things were dying uh, was a really scary moment in, in, you know, during the year, you know, uh, as on your trip around the sun, as, as Robert was talking about, that was a scary time. If you didn't put enough stuff away, you were having a really bad winter. Um, you know, we couldn't sit in John's room and sip eggnog out of a really awesome. Uh, I think that's a, uh, is that a, uh, is that a, what type of eggnog glass is that? Is that a Chevy chase? Uh,
0: it is, it is, it is a Christmas vacation moose mug. Christmas. So
2: that's awesome. I Ten was, i said that on, uh, on YouTube. Nope. yeah,
0: good job,
1: Josh, Go Josh. Well, I hope you like it because he's going to be using it until he leaves here next month.
0: (laughs) All right. So, let's get right into it. Um, There's been a couple of different ones that we decided to to drill down. Um, Robert, why don't you lead us off with um, the Yuletide season?
1: Sure. Uh, Well, first and foremost, I think it's kind of cool to show... um, I'll screen share this because it's just so cool. Um, Beep, boop. So, what you should be seeing here is this illustration of the Christmas tree, which is like one of the first Christmas tree ads that anybody ever saw in the Americas. Uh, It was published uh, in 1850.
0: Not 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 showing yet.
1: What? Try again. Hold on, infinite, infinite RJ. Oh, um, um, yeah, infinite RJ. Well, anyway, how about instead? Uh, just going to stop the screen share, and I'll just tell you. About, <laughs> I'll tell you about uh, the the first Christmas tree that America really ever saw was in a magazine called uh, Gaudy's or Gotti's Lady Book, and it was published in December of 1850. And what it showed was, uh, I think it's like one of the dukes or kings or something over in europe who was in england uh celebrating the christmas tree um in one of like you know the i don't know if it was like in the uh, uh what's the queen's palace called buckingham palace i'm not sure if it was there or somewhere else but basically they depicted this and it started to become fashionable and at this time you're looking at uh uh, the Christmas tree as being an evergreen, as a Scandinavian or German-like uh, tradition. And they would put actually like little, there. there's a good one, uh, like candles and things on the Christmas tree. So now that's where we get our lights from because, you know, we don't want to burn our houses down. So we do it the safer way. Um but going into the idea of Yule and uh, further for some guys who are really into it, like the Norse traditions of Christmas, <clears throat> it's not even really Christmas. It's uh, it's more of like, as Joe was talking about, cyclical seasons and, and these kinds of things. Uh, you, we get a lot of traditions that come from uh, the Norse tradition, but it's I can't say that it all comes from Norse and Germanic um uh, roots right because actually uh, the actual root of the Christmas tree not no pun intended um, we have symbolic use of huh. evergreens in Egypt and Rome well before the German tradition of the candlelit Christmas tree you know which was brought to America in the, in the 1800s. So uh, really to start things off I would just give you a few things you know people who love Christmas hams. That can likely be traced to a Yule or Germanic um, even Norse tradition. Uh, the ham was called the Sarumner. Uh It's like a wild boar and it was eaten every night, um, possibly during what they had, which was the 12 uh, 12. it's not really the 12 days of Christmas, I guess you would call it, but they have a 12 day long midwinter fest or feast. Um, and every night there's a wild boar that's, that's eaten. And it's also what's on the table, uh, if you go to the afterlife, um, and you fight, um, in the afterlife every day, the feast at the end of the day for, for all the warriors who survived was, uh, this, this wild boar. Um, also we have the original iconography of, of Santa could originally be likened to Odin. Could. The original Santa Claus, B. Odin, ancient astronaut theories, theorists say, maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. That's just, uh, um, Also, the we have uh, the idea of the mistletoe. Uh, so what's interesting about the mistletoe is we have this tradition of hanging it in our homes and kissing underneath it. And where does that even come from? I did do a Midnight Freemason article on this, I don't know, many years ago, but essentially... Uh, the Norse god Baldr, he's uh, like a, a good guy, um, knowledge and goodness. And everybody in the Norse world seemed to really like who Balder was. He was one of their favorite gods. And he's slain by an arrow that was poisoned with mistletoe, right? And uh, this is the only thing that could kill Balder, And so then his mom, uh, her name, is, uh, when his mom finds out that She sees her son dead. She starts crying, and these tears turned white. And uh, I'm sorry, they fell on these red berries of the mistletoe, turning them white. Uh, And this made the berries so powerful that they brought uh, Balder back to life. But why we kiss under it, I don't know. It just kind of seems like an easy way to sneak a kiss with uh, your significant other, I guess. Um, Things like your Christmas elves that work for Santa Claus. Uh, The original Norse we have uh, traditions. Uh, characters called alfar who are the hidden people so think about forest fairies and things but then this gives way to something called nice or nice um, and they're little garden gnome guys that have these little pointy hats on bam elves right uh, then you actually have the the actual evergreen tree which was this tradition of bringing the things to survive the winter inside is good luck so by bringing it's like you're harnessing the power of of life and nature into your own home, so it's a symbol of good luck that you'll survive the winter. Because hey, if the evergreen, evergreen, uh, can survive the um, the winter months where everything else dies, maybe by having it in your presence, maybe by living with it in your home, you will too. Joe will um, never so die. Joe will never die. Right. So then, how does that work with the acacia? Right. I mean, it's it's a similar family of of tree, uh, or plant or fauna, um, uh, not fauna. <laughs> um, but, uh, so interesting enough, uh, then you come to the Yule log. So a lot of people are always thinking about Yule time, the Yule log, and then everybody thinks about Christmas vacation where Chevy Chase is like, uh, Yule, Yule log, not that they have a log, not that you think, I think I have a log, right? Uh, anyway, so this Nordic tradition is actually, um, it's a log really like a regular log that's ceremonially uh, ceremonially brought into a house. Then uh, you burn it on a hearth or, um, or a fireplace uh, during the, the Yule time. And so part of it is saved and kept until the following year to protect the home and also to act as kindling for next year's Yule log as well. So it's like a uh, you use the end of this year's you know, bits to start next year's Yule Log fire. And you can find some great um, articles online, actually, uh, relating to the Yule Log, how to make one for yourself using candles. And you can kind of drill into it and make three candles and make it last, you know, for the Yule season. Uh, we try to make one every year, just kind of like a pagan tradition, a call back to roots, you know, uh, for you, for anybody who might be thinking of. About you know your mythological roots, or if you're from England and you know tracing things back or whatever, but it's a really neat tradition that I think uh, uh, very ceremonial, very um, contemplative practice helps you think about the future. Uh, it's pretty cool, um, and, and that's really the Yule time, man. Like there's even great traditions of uh, brewing. Uh, specific beverages and then walking from house to house not unlike carolers right we come to house to house and i would offer you a drink and then you would drink from this cup and i would drink from it we pass it around and then it, next thing you know everybody has omicron yes. But it was cool anyway <laughs> you know actually
0: i want to interject because this is something that i've i've been researching for years and i'm fascinated with it like why is this not still a thing um Cause, cause RJ, you hit it right on the head. The, the caroling was not necessarily t- to grit, to spread good cheer. It was really adult trick or treating back in the day. Like when we're talking Victorian England, pre Victorian England, right? Where there's a big class system. Um, you had your lower class going door to door of rich people's homes, knocking on the door and say, Hey, um, if I sing you a, a good luck and best wishes song for uh, the new year coming up. Can I come in, warm up by the fire, and drink some of your your uh, uh, alcoholic beverage? And they're like, yeah, sure, come on, come on in, and sing, you know, sing and dance for me. So it was very, very wild, and this was just a thing. So um, that's actually what the original, you know, words of the you know, "Here we come a caroling" was actually "Here we come a wassailing." And so, if you actually look up what wassail is, that is the wassail is the is the actual alcoholic beverage that they were going door to door to get. So I think that's, that is a really cool tradition that now fast forward to 2022, somebody should start a business. I've been thinking about it forever, right? You got these party buses, right? Where people can, can drink and you have a, you have a nice dedicated, uh, uh, what was it, designated driver? Um, wouldn't it be awesome to do <clears throat> like drunken Christmas caroling, right? Do wassailing and bring it back to the way it used to be done and have a good time doing it. So I don't know, that's something to explore. Maybe we'll do it just for fun
1: trip. I don't know that. I don't know that I ever heard that term before. But then all of a sudden you said it, and isn't that in a Christmas carol? I mean,
0: you hear we There's come a wassailing
1: That here we come a wass- yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Among the leaves that's are green. Dude, that's love crazy and joy I come heard. to you and to you a wassel too. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. Where, where it came from. So why that's this is a, a thing? Drunken singing. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And all for, for all the right reasons, good festive times. So sorry to take you down the rabbit hole. It's been something I've, I've just been uh, fascinated with over the years that nobody knows this fact uh, of, you know, just, just a couple hundred years ago.
2: Well, now everybody knows. Yes. So boom. So you're welcome.
0: <laughs> Anything else, RJ? Uh, I just
1: think Joe <clears she'll throat> looks so cute.
0: It's adorable. well as we wassle over to joe's house i'm gonna pick up the next topic which is um one topic i wanted to learn more about and that's this concept of the roman festive uh celebration of saturnalia Uh, not knowing this uh, in fact if you're listening to this only a couple hours from now if you're watching this uh or listening to this on friday december 17th you are actually on the first day of saturnalia that's right there's more than one day and we'll find out why uh but the the roman festive party extravaganza whatever you want to call it of saturnalia goes really all the way back until almost 300 years uh bc in in the roman era where um it started out as a farmer's festival because wait for it here we are getting ready for the winter solstice we're done with the harvest we're going to celebrate under the name of the Roman god Saturn, or the uh, Greek god, or because Romans always stole everything, the Greek god of Kronos. Um, so, Kronos being the god of cycles, of time, of harvest, of <clears throat> new beginnings, right? Uh, and that actually translates even down to Kronos as Father Time, which you might see in a Masonic context as well, right? You have. Um, father time you know counting the ringlets of of someone's hair so this is a a common archetype of the end of the harvest let's celebrate let's get ready for the winter right Uh, it's the it's the archetype of the with the ants and the grasshopper right those who who get ready for the for the winter they've been working hard now now the farmers can rest relax and enjoy the fruits of their labor Uh, so in doing so <clears throat> it was just a one-day event which was roughly around december 17th and then uh, the romans started changing their calendar around and so once they they changed the calendar around they they couldn't decide uh was it uh it, it was kind of like split between two dates and so the, the, it, to not mess it up they actually said tell you what let's just do both of those dates let's actually go from a one day to a two-day event which then over time evolved into a five-day event, which even later, when more calendar shifting went on, turned into this week-long extravaganza <clears throat> and basically um, became basically Mardi Gras for uh, Christmas time. right? It was a huge party. Um, <clears throat> so again, we talked about what the meaning of celebrating in the name of the God of Saturn was about. He was a a god of generation, disillusion, plenty, wealth, agriculture, etc. And they would kick off the the actual celebration on December 17th by um, doing a a huge public sacrifice to the god Saturn. And um, what was interesting is that in the Roman times, they would have a huge statue of Saturn, um, depending on your source, filled with oil and he would have his feet bound with wool all year long and on december 17th after the the sacrifice his feet would be unbound and there thereby kind of like signaling hey we can we can let loose a little bit we can party so it became a a a party a celebration of liberty of freedom and it it became like hey we've we've worked hard Now's our, now's our time to kind of let loose by evolving over the years, over the centuries, it, that, that, uh, liberty, that freedom became almost completely upside down. And what do I mean by that? Like it got to the point where even, um, masters were serving slaves dinner, right? It, it was, it was a very common thing that the class structure of basically you had, uh, slaves, freed slaves, and then kind of the upper class <clears throat> that, It was very normalized at the time. In fact, um, everyone had to wear the same cap uh, that uh, only was reserved uh, for the rest of the year for freed slaves, thereby signifying we're all equal for this period of time. Everyone took it not seriously. They took it as a time of frivolity, right, that they wanted to just celebrate. Let's all just just relax. Let's all like put aside the social constructs just for a week. Have a good time. Have lots to drink. Have lots to eat, and just really enjoy each other's company, knowing this is only temporary. Knowing that in a week we're going to go back to the way things were. Um, but uh, this is this tradition started to evolve to include um, you know, gift giving, right? So, um, well, if if you if you're hanging out with some friends, one thing that you you may want to do is give some type of gift, and. It was actually bet the best thing to do at that time was to give your friend a very trivial gift, uh, very something very small, something that was kind of a knickknack or tchotchke, right? Something. Sometimes there were small carved figures that that you gave each other. Um, it was not meant to be like, oh, I got to save up money and, and get Joe a Rolex. Like, no, it was just something. Hey, you're Good. my you're my you're my bud. Let me just hand this to you. You know, let's let's celebrate this because for two reasons. One uh the the more trivial a gift that you gave someone actually signified how much of a friendship you had with them it's like hey we're such close buds i don't even you know i don't even need to give you something big this is just a token of my appreciation for our friendship where if i didn't know you as well then i may have to spend a little more time thinking something up also you know if if the roles were reversed right Um, and someone's uh, an artisan who can make this beautiful pottery but yet slaves are giving gifts right you don't want to remember we're trying to normalize the class structure so we don't want uh, to give a slave a nice pottery thing where uh, they might not be able to afford a reciprocal level of gift also it was also expected that uh if you 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 wouldn't give any lesser of a gift the next year right so if i gave you something big this year you kind of expect that or more next year don't know why that's just what the culture was at that time uh so it was done in in high spirits right good-heartedness not not as a uh an obligation right to to really try to one-up each other um so it was a big party many feasts we talked about the role reversals um and we talked about that the slaves having a seat even at the banquet table uh, where uh, they still kind of had to prepare the meals. But when they're actually eating the meals, um, it was not uncommon for masters to, um, to serve the slaves. And you actually had the liberty, the freedom to actually say how you felt, right? Th- that social um, constraint, that social like awkwardness of I can't speak freely in front of my master, all bets were off. So the good news is we don't have any record of that being taken to the extreme, right? We didn't, we don't have any record of slaves going, well, now that, now that I can say whatever I feel like, let me tell you how I really feel about you. <laughs> that was, uh, uh, not, not the case, but it was, again, it was still good done for all the right reasons.
2: So let, let me, let me chime in here Yeah. With, on, on, on that comment there. Uh, you know, as, as the Christmas tree of the year, um, I would say that just because there's no historical records that that happened does not mean that that never happened. Um, You know, as we know how history is written, um, you absolutely know there was a a slave or a servant of some sort that had hundreds of years, lots of beverages. yeah, And, (laughs) (laughs) you know. 20 years of angst just came out at the dinner table. And you know, he didn't show up next year for Saturnalia. He just wasn't there anymore. But where did I guarantee where did Bob you that? Go? <laughs> Where's Tony? <laughs> oh, Tony dead it was
1: definitely a uh, Mr. Smithers release the hounds moment. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, um, as it
0: expanded from December 17th for over seven days, now we're actually starting to end Saturnalia on December 25th or, or thereabouts, right? So that you'll start to see some people that are trying to logically pull the relationship between Saturnalia and and the Christmas season, uh, but there's it's a weak link. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's some connection there, but it's, it's really a weak link. The stronger link, though, however, is that houses were decorated with greenery, Like, uh, you know, evergreens and lights like this guy and presents were even given to children and the poor. So we had, we had that thing going on three, almost 300 years, uh, before, before the common era, um, which also led to some of the candles uh, being lit around as well. People were, um, lighting candles all, all over during Saturnalia, which started to have a, a celebration of light, kind of event because again we're coming close to the darkest day of the year and what comes after that is the the growing daylight like we talked about in the beginning um but but really that conversation starts to shift us towards um kind of the winter solstice and the uh like the uh soul invictus time frame that's the end of saturnalia a lot more we could talk about but really cool time thank Mardi Gras for Christmas, a week-long celebration, you know, all social constructs are off. That sounds like a really good thing. So if you're listening on December 17th, happy Saturnalia.
1: I I just have to say that what I think is so cool about this is like for many, many years, you know, in my youth or even when you're online and you're going through these different uh, groups or whatever, somebody will post these memes where like, they're kind of out of context, um, historically inaccurate, cherry-picked statements about the different holidays. And they say like, oh well, Christmas is just the appropriation of Saturnalia or Christmas is, so uh what's interesting is like, no, it isn't. Uh you there there right. certainly are culturally and ritually appropriated things that we do around Christmas time that we've adopted. Um and certainly, uh, you know, Christmas as Christ's birthday, uh, that is celebrated by you know Christians the world over, uh, is is almost a separate, completely separate thing than the tradition of right the gift giving and all of these things. But we encompass them together there uh, in this time of year because so many different cultures all share uh, these similar these similar things. Um, I mean anybody who wants to look up something just crazy uh, look up the original St. Nick and uh, the cannibal story. I mean, that is intense and that's why he's the patron saint of the children. <laughs> so, I mean, it's wild stuff, but you guys uh, I'll, I'll back off. I want to hear the next uh, piece.
0: Well, if we're going to lead up to the winter solstice, let's talk about the winter solstice. Joe. What's that?
2: Oh, okay. I'm that was your homework. So, yeah. Hello. So yeah, I did my homework. So so outside of Sat- Saturnalia and Yule, which are really large solstice celebrations, um, we just want to take a look back and actually define what the solstice is. And I know John does a great job of that. Um, for those in the area who have not seen his um, St. John's talks, they are phenomenal. So give him a call. He'll come out, do a talk. Mind-blowing. Um, let's go back to the winter solstice. Cause it's only one of the two. Um, so for those who are not nerds like us, uh, the winter solstice is the shortest day and the longest night of the year, right? Uh, in the Northern hemisphere, it takes place, you know, during this time and in the Southern hemisphere, uh, it's the reverse is true. Uh, I know when I spent Christmases down in uh, Chile, when I was little, um, it was weird cause it was summertime. You went to the beach for Christmas. Um, so super weird for uh, us Northern Hemisphere folks to uh, to understand that, but cultures all over the world, no matter which time of the year it is December or June, if it's their time for the winter solstice, it is that day of the year with the fewest hours of daylight, and it really starts the beginning of winter. Which, as we talked about in the beginning of the show, is for agricultural cultures all the way up to the time of the rise of civilizations was pretty much the scariest time of the year, right? You spent all spring and the beginning of summer growing crops and harvesting things like that. And then preparing and hiding away stuff for the winter for the dead months. So the days would start to become longer and the nights would become shorter after that time occurs. But right up until the point of right around this time of the year was a very, very trepidatious and scary time. So there's evidence that uh, there's been celebrations or observations of the winter solstice that go all the way back to about 10,000 BCE, um, or the uh, the new Stone Age, the Neolithic period. Um, for those of you that are uh, archaeological nerds or uh, ancient aliens fans, um, many people have confirmed that sites like uh, Newgrange and Stonehenge um, are arranged towards the sun on the winter solstice in the, uh, the northern hemisphere. So... Rituals most likely took place in those in those areas. Um, we're going to skip over Saturnalia uh, because uh, John talked about that uh, at a really great length. But before the Romans, there were celebrations for the winter solstice um, in many other cultures. The, the first prominent one that we should talk about is Egypt. So the winter solstice celebrations were conducted in ancient Egypt going all the way back to the, at least in writing, to the 23rd and the 24th centuries BCE. So, they would start on December 21st, and on December 25th, ding, ding, they actually, during this time, this 12-day celebration, uh, they had a very special celebration for the rebirth of the sun god. Yeah, so just, minds exploding there with all the esotericism, but, um, so, the sun god Ra, yeah, the sun god Ra would be reborn, because that's the first you know, he's basically dying that night before, um, the shortest day, but then it gives rise to the beginning of the lengthening of the day for the rest of that calendar year. So, uh, winter solstice, big, big, big celebrations. And they also decorated their homes with palm leaves and branches and things like that. Not Christmas trees like me, but, um, they did decorate their homes with, with plants and evergreens as a symbol of that return to life. So it's, it's definitely a rebirth festival. So, We're going to skip over Saturnalia. That's our big next uh, culture that we'll talk about. And then we're going to skip over uh, Yule because Robert covered that really well as well. So let's talk about some of the other civilizations around the world who you may not think had winter solstice celebrations, but they did. So the first one that sticks out is the uh, Incan Empire. They paid homage to their version of the sun god during the winter solstice celebrations, which for your geographers would be in June. Um, because summertime is, uh, in December down there. So they fasted for a few days and then they had a solstice celebration. Um, they all waited for sunrise. Um, so for those of you that have been on the beach and watch sunrises, that's kind of the same thing. Um, they offered gifts and they did some sacrifices and there was definitely some blood and things like that. Um, and also kindling of fires to welcome the coming of the sun. But after, The Spaniards came in the 1500s. Those kind of parties started to disappear for very obvious reasons. Um, So let's fast forward a little bit to uh, going to Scandinavia. So post the rise of Christianity, there were other celebrations that were very winter solstice related that didn't actually have to do exactly with Christmas. Uh, And one is the St. Lucia's Day Festival. So it's a festival of lights. Uh, and it's in honor of St. Lucia, who was a, a early Christian martyr uh, around the time of the 10th century AD. Um, there, this celebration includes um, feasting and putting lights around things, like Robert was talking about. Um, girls would wear white dresses with red sashes. Um, you also had green bows on things, so you're starting to see these Christmas colors start to come about. Um, And uh, again, they lit fires to basically scare away the night and bring a return to the sun that was starting to lengthen and lengthen the day. So now let's, I I got more, man. Um, Oh, keep going. (laughs) Oh, I I will. So let's go to China. Let's go to China. China, Let's go to China. Let's go there. So the Chinese also celebrate the winter solstice as well. There's a celebration called Dongzi, which means winter arrives. And it basically welcomes... Uh, the lengthening of the day. And uh, for many folks who follow a lot of uh, faith in China, increase in positive energy, uh, things like that in, in the year to come. So there would there would be a harvest and a harvest festival. And then everybody who was slaving in the ground and in the ocean, fishing and and, and growing crops and things, they would take time off to celebrate with their families. So it was a family-based occasion. Welcome the sun. And again, they would light flames to welcome the return of, of the rising sun. So let's stay in Asia for a little bit. Let's go to Japan where we have the festival of Toji. This Christmas tree is really hot. I just got to tell you folks, I am like sweating bullets under this thing. So um, I will not be dressing as festively <coughs> next year. I promise Sacrifices. you. Sacrifices. So, I love it. Man, It's my hair is getting all messed up. But back to Japan, the Toji festival is uh, another winter solstice festival. And it was a basically a celebration for the farmers and a welcoming of the sun that would nurture crops that would then grow after a long, cold winter. But again, people would light bonfires to encourage the sun, to give the sun encouragement to come and return. And a couple of hundred years ago, they would light huge bonfires on the top of Mount Fuji uh, on December 21st and basically beg the sun to come back and start to give light and warmth and love. So... Uh, let's flip it back to another part of Asia and let's go to Iran uh, or uh, ancient Persia. Uh, they would have a festival after the rise of Christianity um, celebrating the longest and the darkest night of the year, which was also around the time of the solstice. So they had Yalda um, or which translates to the night of birth. And Iranians celebrate this. Uh, basically, it's the, the triumph of the sun god, who you may know his name. His name is Mithra. Uh, over darkness. So according to this tradition, people would gather and celebrate, burn fires to light through the darkness and also share food um, and nuts, pomegranates, reading of poetry, awesome things like that. Uh, I've covered the Native Americans with the Incans. Um, that is actually all I had. So we touched pretty much every continent, I think, except Australia. I don't think there were people back then during the well, Australia is just weird. They just yeah. do things completely differently and backwards.
0: Antarctica. And, uh,
2: Antarctica. I don't know of any winter solstice celebrations on Antarctica, but I will uh, I'll ask David Attenborough and uh, we'll see what we come up with. So that's it. <laughs> David Attenborough. <laughs> that's funny. The penguins, uh, man.
0: Yep. <clears throat> you know they're celebrating.
2: All year Peter, long. Check this all out. Their, 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 check their is all year long
1: let's see uh i'm gonna share this see if this comes over you guys see that wait for it yeah oh so this is the december issue of lyceum so i'm just waiting on approvals and then that'll go out everybody can download it but uh if you catch that symbolism you know what's up i do i do that's leo (laughs) so anyway and so what's the
0: what's the lyceum for those who don't know
1: the Lyceum is a uh, educational publication of the Grand Lodge of Illinois. Uh, I am the editor-in-chief under the uh, great auspices of Michael Overturf, who is our, uh, our chairman of Masonic education here in the great state of Illinois. I say great, but that doesn't include taxes. So if you take taxes out, we're pretty great. Um, but yeah, so uh, this is uh, our fifth issue, and then we'll go into volume two starting next year, but kind of a cool little December issue. Uh, I hope you guys all like it. 24 pages of good stuff. Awesome.
2: Love it.
0: Alright, so as we wind things down, right, The really the final question of tonight becomes, is like, so what do we take away from the similarities and differences between these different winter festivals? What does it have to do with um, either an indication of the season or of uh, some sort of common imprint among mankind. And I'll, I'll hand it over to Robert for his final thoughts on that.
1: I would just, I would just say that I, I feel like. As we get older and we learn different perspectives, and we learn about different traditions and cultures around the world, like we didn't even touch on Diwali, which I think is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so many world cultures, uh, our cultures worldwide that celebrate something at this uh, you know year end, um, and it's just so fascinating that we would all do something so similar, mm-hmm. but maybe not so. Not so crazy though, right? We all live on earth. We all witness the, you know, the procession of the planets. We all witness, I'm sure you all, maybe you do this, but uh, depending on how long you've lived, wherever you've lived, maybe there's a window that you walk by and it's every Every 13th of the month, you can see the moon on this, you know, in this spot through that window, right? And you can watch it for a few days, and then it goes away and you just take mental note of it. Um, like we're just doing these things, uh, taking note of where we are in the cosmos, because ultimately, I think that's so contemplative, right? To like know our place in the universe. Um, it's no wonder that ancient man, and and even I think some people today who are, Always thinking and being cognizant about the larger things, not these little microscopic things like, you know, did we get the latest iPhone? I mean, I want the latest iPhone, but I also think it's really important to have perspective of where we come from. And I don't think we're alone in this vast universe, but I will say that, you know, in our little neck of the woods here on this planet, um, it gives us some great perspective to think about that we're all a human species, that we should be here together. In fact, there's a line from Ritual that says something along the lines of God made man dependent on one another. Um, and I think that is so powerful of a statement. Um, and I think that if we, uh, especially this time of year, take this and we just kind of demarcate it as this thing that where we're always thinking about other people um And if you don't do it the rest of the year, maybe December is just your calling. Like guys let their beards grow in November to raise awareness for something or whatever the case is. Right. December just seems to be the time of year when the world over gets reflective, starts thinking about their neighbor, their neighbor. And as I've said in previous, um, you know, last episodes before Christmas or the holidays uh, on this show and others, I hope you have this giving season And I hope it moves forward forever so that you can live Christmas or that you can live this holiday cheer all year long that you're giving and thinking about others and all of those things. So uh, that's my, that's my hope for you guys for the holidays. I hope you guys have an awesome new year. Uh, We've got, I think one or two more, I think just one more episode of WCY before the end of the year also, which will be out this Sunday. And then we got a two week break also um so in that interim i hope you guys all have an amazing holiday season be safe um and and take care of each other and give lots of hugs and and make it weird and tell everybody you love them
0: absolutely yeah thanks robert okay over to you joe what do we make of right your
2: your christmas tree wisdom for the year um uh, I think Robert touched on it amazingly well. Uh, the only thing I, I would add to that is because um, I'm definitely one of those weirdos uh, in in today's material world that, you know, I still go outside. I, you know, it's 11 o'clock at night and everybody's sleeping. I take my dogs out and I go stand on my deck and I look at the stars. Um, and it's it, it's humbling for a lot of the reasons that Robert said. But, but for me, it going back to solstice and what these celebrations represent, it really talks about man's search for finding order in the world. And when he finds order in the world, he knows that at the end of the day, there's something behind it, giving it that order. Um, so, so I take comfort in that. And, uh, I take comfort in the fact that, that the sun will rise at a certain point in time every day and that the winter solstice is the shortest day of the year, but it'll start getting longer. Um, I absolutely take comfort in in that order, and it's 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 humbling to get to be a part of that that tiny little speck in the cosmos where there's just one of John or one of Robert or thankfully one of Joe. Um, but you know, it's 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 like Carl Sagan said, it's uh, it, it's humbling to to think about that. And there really is, and I'm going to quote him: "There's no better better demonstration of the folly of human conceit." than our distant image of this tiny world. To him, it underscores our responsibility to deal more kindly with one another and to preserve and cherish this pale blue dot, the only home we've ever known. So I will leave you with that. Um, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year to all of you. I love every single one of you on here. I will be weird. Um, Every member of this human species I genuinely love uh, and I wish you nothing but the best uh, during this holiday season.
0: Aw, that's super nice. Even me. Even you. Oh, nice. Oh. Boy, feels good to take that off, doesn't it? It's so hot. It's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, this has been a, a fantastic episode. As always, a good one to end the year with. Um, <clears throat> just as a, a quick reminder, we do have uh, a couple days left for the the Masonic Roundtable's second annual Secret Santa so if you go ahead over to our facebook page um and we also check the youtube chat we put a link in there as well sign up and it really doesn't cost you anything to sign up just you know make sure you'll get paired up with a brother from another uh, from another mother sometime over the over the weekend and then that'll give you a couple days to ship something out to them to kind of spread some love over the holiday seasons we had such a blast last year look forward to everybody doing that again this year and as a reminder if you are a patron supporting the show uh you will be kind of entered in a random drawing where we'll also send you some extra goodies from uh, one of the tmr hosts as well so um that'll be an extra little bonus if you're if you're a follower of the show um my final thoughts on this uh, again there, there's something common about the human condition that puts us in this contemplative time frame right and this is why shortly thereafter we have new year celebration right where we have new year's resolutions we have new beginnings we're we're looking forward to the longer days we're looking forward to um growing again uh, both uh, figuratively and literally in the, uh, the upcoming year and yet you know we're we're now in this season of you know for for those of the christian faith we have things like uh the the lenten uh, season uh, I'm sorry the um the advent season where we're, we're contemplating what does it mean to have this relationship what does it mean um to be a christian what does it mean uh, to await uh, you know the coming of the of the birth of christ that kind of thing and so um one thing that i, I encourage each of you to do is to maybe do a little bit of reading of um let's see ask, uh, what's it the S- stellar theology and masonic astrology uh by um brown what's uh what's his first name bromwell not Romwell. It's it's gonna kill me yeah. now not Bromwell? No.
1: oh yeah let's see who does that hey, one who does that on
2: my shelf stand by
1: it standing is. by red five standing by ah
0: because i had i had to zoom into the page that i wanted here um
1: brown robert
0: hewitt brown robert hewitt brown i, d- I didn't want to go with the easy name but it is robert robert brown And he he has a whole chapter in the book talking about the um, oh here look here's a picture of it boom the 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 slaying of the sun by the fall uh, fall months and the fall zodiac signs kind of you know three figures that uh, accost the sun where the sun is slayed and then actually um, remains still for. Can you get off my face days. while
2: you're talking about the slaying thing. Yes.
0: Things? Thank yes. You. Let me let me zoom in a little bit. So, uh, it's a really good allegory. It's a, you know, there is some astrotheological theological um, you know, correspondences that go with that or even cosmogenical kind of um, connections as well with the with the universe. Shocking so, correlations. Shocking correlations. Right? Which is true, right? That, that if you really stop to think about why is this mechanical um you know machine of of the orbits of the planets aligned in the way that it is every year that those of us in the northern hemisphere all have uh you know a similar earthly experience Uh, i think it's a fascinating um topic so uh so stay tuned to that and if you want even the shorter version uh head on over to youtube and go search for the solar christmas a lecture by Manley p hall who talks a little bit about the zodiacal influence of, um, this time of year. So I really hope you guys will dig deep into that, consider what it means to you and more especially have an awesome holiday season. Uh, get the most out of whatever you celebrate, uh, and just be an awesome person to everyone else that you meet. I love you all. We'll see you next year. And thanks for watching. Keep searching for more life. Have a good night.